0: Welcome back to The Table Women, a podcast by and about women in the entertainment industry. I'm Sarah DeFors. And I'm Victoria Banks. It's season three and we've got so many wonderful conversations and creators of all kinds to share with you. As we get into the new season and life gets busier, we want to let you know our new schedule. We'll be dropping new episodes every second Tuesday of the month and we'll be uploading mini and special topic episodes every now and then, so keep your eyes and ears peeled. Plus, we want you to reach out on social media at, at thetablewomen on all platforms or by email at thetablewomen@gmail.com, gmail.com to let us know things you want us to discuss, industry stories you might want to share, or even questions you want us to answer. Because everyone deserves a seat at the, the table. table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think, and don't let them stop you. Stop you. Don't let them stop, stop you.
1: Sasha is a Canadian singer-songwriter based in Ontario who has made a lasting impression both north and south of the border with her signature blend of traditional and pop country. She's been featured as iHeartRadio's future star, racked up ads on every pure country radio station in Canada, and on the highly influential U.S.-based Radio Disney. On the strength of her latest EP, The Best Thing, Sasha has been named one of CMT's next Women of Country for 2021 and has been featured in major television, print, and online music press outlets such as Music Row Magazine, American Songwriter, Rolling Stone Country, Billboard, and The Boot. The Table is proud to present Sasha
0: all right we have Sasha in the house today super special guest we're really excited um this is my first time meeting Sasha and already I'm so excited I feel like your energy is amazing I know you and Victoria know each other but thank you so much for joining us yeah thanks for having me
1: remotely from Toronto yes
0: <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo. fellow Canadian <laughs> Canadian girls in the house today that's right We love it. So, Sasha, um, why don't we just get right into it? Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown of your story on how you became a country music artist and and how your journey evolved? Yeah, sure. Um, Basically, my
2: parents, I grew up in a really small town. I was born in Montreal, but at a very young age, like three years old, we moved to a small town called Warkworth, Ontario. And um, that's where I got a taste of just kind of country music, country living. Small town, one yellow light and... At the end of main street and uh one public school in town no hospital maybe a sheriff i don't know <laughs> there's no place it's just all small town living and um my parents were they had a band and there was musicians in and out of the home backyard bonfires music playing 24 7 and um so it's in my dna and um we had like every instrument in, in the house and nobody took the time to teach us that's which is funny enough. So everything was kind of like top by ear.
1: So what's your first memory of exploring songwriting?
2: Probably poetry. I loved poetry as a, a child. I remember learning all sorts of different um, types of poetry. And um, that was probably like little did I know probably the introduction to songwriting and expressing that creative side of me.
1: And did you have aspirations of being a performing artist early on? Was that something that was on your radar?
2: yeah as a kid like just singing to the records or um what just seeing it for yourself you know when you if if you go to a gig you know and your parents are playing it's just kind of like something that's natural to you i I can't really explain it but music playing all the time singing along and pretending i'm performing at the same time as a kid it was just kind of my little early childhood rehearsals
0: (laughs) was there a switch that you could remember where it went from just a, a natural part of who you were as a kid and what you did as a family. To oh, I want to do this as a career, and I'm going to chase this and get to know the industry and really dedicate my life to it.
2: Long gap, real long gap, um, because you have dreams as a as a child, you know, and um, and then uh, reality kicks in and life takes its tough, you know its detours, and um, one day you find yourself working full time trying to pay the rent and trying to make ends meet and so yeah in the back of your head you have this dream where you're like how am I gonna get from serving coffee to the stage or how is that ever gonna become reality and it's like and really and truly um, it's something that like it's just burning on the inside of you but uh, you just kind of get distracted by the the moment and the circumstances that you find yourself in right for me at, at a young age 17 I was working full-time and I was paying my own bills and i just it was a journey it's it's just interesting because it's like you think that you know some kids they're fortunate enough to have their parents put them in lessons and put them in performances and put them in you know all sorts of um musical academics if you want to call it that you know and um and kind of makes a platform for them to thrive but i kind of had to find my own way and it wasn't until like like i'm saying years later and i picked up a guitar and really, truly taught myself how to play. And, and I hit an open mic and started writing and singing my songs again.
1: And did you find allies in the industry um, as part of that process? How did that, how has that connection happened for you? Or are you pretty much self-made from the ground up?
2: Oh, it's definitely a ground up thing. And the allies come like in the picture <laughs> more or less recently. <laughs> so um, definitely from the ground up. You know, stand in front of my mirror for three hours a day, learning my guitar and have a little tambourine shaker wrapped you know wrapped around my leg and learning how to be my own percussion and guitar um, for my open mics or you know little bar gigs, three by forty five minute sets.
0: That must be incredibly empowering though to know everything about every aspect of your career especially if your allies and your champions only really showed up pretty recently on one hand it must have been quite lonely but also it might it must I imagine it would be very powerful to know that you know everything about how you built yourself up and and what's going on and can you tell us more about that and, and tell us, what your journey as a woman and as a woman of color in country music, what that has looked like for you and and maybe even how it's changed in the last couple of years. For me personally, it's, um, like I said, this
2: journey has been such, it's been long. It's a marathon. And, um, like I said, from the open mics to the schools where I started touring in schools, I started my own school tour and just performing for, you know, high schools and elementary schools. And then, uh, bars and then then rib vests and then festivals and it just kept growing and growing over time but the main thing that comes to me um when i think of my journey and my experience is perseverance uh, like you said it's not easy being taken seriously as sometimes like as a female in, co- in country music uh, let alone a female of color in country music and um it's been an interesting um circumstances that you find yourself up against you know um, and I never the funny thing is I don't know I don't even know that I actually realized it because I just loved music so much and I just loved what I did and I was inspired by you know when Taylor Swift came on the scene she was playing her guitar and going worldwide and just being so energetic and obviously Shania and Patsy Klein and the traditional you know country music but I was just doing what I dreamed of Just me, myself, and I for a long time before a band showed up. And um, I didn't even think like, you know, are people going to look at me different? I think, and I think that comes from growing up in a small town where you are the only person of color. Like, your family in in the whole town. So you're just used to it. You know, you come from a biracial family. So you're just kind of used to that. But then sometimes you start to wonder like, man, I've been doing this a long time. And this person, you know, is... Getting some help here. And I'm still... Start getting lapped. Yeah. <laughs> start getting lapped <laughs> yeah. on the track. Yeah. <laughs> Something and like, doesn't add up here. Well, yeah. It's just like, what would, what would I have to do different? Or do I have to look different? Like, you just start to question that, right? Um, but, you know, it's interesting because I was in a competition in 2016 uh, in Havelock. It was the next country music star and I ended up winning it. And it was against Like I was the last woman standing at the end with, you know, all men, you know.
1: Wow. Really
2: good acts. Yeah. And, you know, didn't really know too many people from the back of my hand or whatever you want to call it. And um, I just went in there with my competitive self and, and my persevering self and did what I love to do. And before you knew it, like they were calling my name. And I bawled my eyes out. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you feel like you have a different way of connecting with the audience than the typical male artist might? Do you Do you have advantages maybe in that department or is it just uniqueness between from one artist to the next, regardless of gender? What do you think?
2: If I do, I think it's just personability. Like, I feel like I'm the least likely, you know, and I feel like I've, I haven't come from a cookie cutter background, you know, so... Um, I certainly don't come from, um, lots of, you know, privilege, uh, and I've had to work and fight my way to where I wanted to be. So I think that when I talk to people, it's real. And I'd like to talk when I, when I perform sometimes, if I, if it's that setting, you know, you gotta kind of feel it out. But I like to say, here I am and here's where I come from. If you have a dream too, your, your environment where you come from doesn't have to determine what your future is.
0: You get to do that. And I think that shines through your, I was watching some of your music videos um, over the last week or two and every single one, um, every single thing that I saw from you, even photo shoots, I feel like there's this light of confidence and wisdom and knowledge that shines through from you and reading about you beforehand and talking with you I can feel a fraction of what it might be to witness you on stage in your element. Um, And it's a really beautiful thing. And it makes me also curious, um, kind of stemming off Victoria's question, what your experience with other women in the industry has been. We've talked to so many different women and we've heard all kinds of stories. We've heard nothing but community and love and support. We've heard actually the women have been the ones that I've had the most, you know, undo competition with or kind of splitting the difference is there what is your experience with other women both in the industry and peers also trying to be artists
2: that's a really good question and sometimes I feel like I've been an island unto myself for so long and um women in the industry I like I can I think it all depends um I don't feel like I've had any really animosity maybe to my face but um, there are times where you question, like, where are some, some people who may be further a- ahead and their desire to help somebody who is climbing, you know what I mean? Because that's, that's all I think about. Like, you know, I also was teaching guitar. I had students. I volunteered on music programs. And um, I'm always thinking, like, I need to get to where I'm going so I can help others get there, you know. And I don't know if there's a an interesting form of competitiveness between women that um can break a bond or the potential of a bond that could be if we ally together a little bit more i don't know if 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 women feel like there's not enough room for them so they can't afford to (laughs) lend a hand
1: yeah i mean the, the reality so far has been that there are fewer spots for women in country and um And it's interesting how that can either manifest as people being competitive and trying to edge each other out for the spot, or you could spend your energy on helping the next person along, like you're saying, reach down the ladder, you know, help the next person up and really sort of try to help out other women. And it's amazing when you see people do that, the power of what that can do to the industry where it like creates more spaces. It's not just, you know, then you don't have those five slots anymore. Now you've suddenly got 10 slots and where is that coming from? Right. So yeah, it's interesting to watch some of that happening.
2: Yeah, like if you see men, men are just, men, have a camaraderie Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know if you notice that and women women can and do too but there's a lot of like just sifting through I don't know if it's it's securities and and um just again like everyone trying to protect their space I don't know if that's what it is but on the other side I have met lovely women in the industry and even especially being a part of CMT's Next Woman in the Country I mean like I think this is probably the most um sense of female camaraderie that I've sensed in a long time. Wow. Have y'all gotten the chance to really know each other through that? Um, not exactly know each other, but you feel like it. Uh, for me, because I'm on the other side of a screen, not in Nashville. But we do, like, there's some of the ladies that where we text and we message and we comment and we just really support each other. There's a really strong female support um, in country music, I think, more than it ever has be- been before. And with my experience with being in part of CMT Next Woman Country, that is the environment. It really is. So, it's encouraging.
1: You mentioned your um, school concert tour, and that was sort of spearheaded around your anti-bullying song that you created, and I wanted to know a little bit about that, like, do you have personal experience with bullying that gave you the passion to want to do that and bring that to schools um did the song come first how what what happened
2: yeah it's interesting because um of course I've had you know experiences of uh you know kids just not being nice for whatever reasons they that they don't even understand being so young you know but um I re- that song in particular I was just I remember sitting on my my bed and just playing with my guitar and just the the fragments of uh, my experiences came out and it was just so happened to be Sticks and Stones when I hit when I got to the chorus (laughs) and it was just more of an empowerment song that was being brought to fruition you know through the chords and my inaudible melodic hummings but Sticks and Stones came out like okay yeah and Sticks and Stones really I mean I learned that on the way home from school from a lady who um, I bumped into because kids were just being nasty and she's I remember her asking what's wrong and and I told her and she knelt down and she said, Now repeat after me, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt. And that's just a, a little recollection that I had that probably came out during that song. It wasn't I wasn't planning it. I actually don't really
0: get to plan a lot of my songs. It's just something drops and you're like, Wait, hold on. What has the response been from from the kids and the people that have gotten to experience this tour of yours?
2: That was crazy, and this is we're going back like twenty twelve, twenty thirteen, and that was like it was crazy because I was I was visiting schools sometimes two schools a day and traveling, and then invited to events with you know and opening up for you know events for the the police force you know in the in the areas and teens fave awards and all these cool things. And then internationally, like kids from Israel and Italy and all over were messaging. And, and the music video for it went to like well, almost 100,000 views, which is a big deal
0: in 2013 without like TikTok and all that. Absolutely. It sounds like you created a, a really beautiful international community of fans and, and people who, who found solace in this and, and really were touched. your talent is there anything you're working on right now that you're feeling just so passionate about and so excited about for this next phase in your life and your career what are you working on well i just
2: released an ep in 20 last year 2020 called the best thing and that was like the best thing that's happened to me it probably thus far in my (laughs) music career because there's a song off there called standards again it's got that good message you know kind of a fresh message that made it to country radio and i achieved my first top 40 at country radio with that song and top 15 that's then, a big deal yeah and the canadian billboard country charts and it was just like open up some serious doors for me and um i was so excited like even the ep is still kind of doing its things still but i'm working on the next i'm just kind of working on elevating elevating the song and the message and and um yeah, just expanding it, my reach to, you know, the general audience.
1: How has the whole COVID experience been for you? Because it's just the strangest combination of, obviously, opportunity and things happening and then being stuck at home and having to do all this stuff virtually. And not only are you stuck at home, but you have a closed border between where you are and and Nashville. And so how have you been coping with that? How have you been handling that?
2: Um, it's interesting because... Like, at a time where the world's supposed to be standing still, I felt like mine was racing. And, you know, all these doors were just opening up virtually. (laughs) And um, at a time where a lot of people were in despair. um, And I very well could have been because I was releasing my album at the same time. And there were some delays. And... um, uncertainties I'm like well what the heck do I do now well let's go but hit the button let it go and it it sure did go and so it's actually uh, you know I'm very thankful that um you know COVID has been like a, a little bit of a blessing in disguise because for a second you know or for a moment people do actually get to sit still and discover things that they may not have naturally come across whether it be Something they discover about themselves, or something that they discover about others. For me, it was uh, music, you know, and an opportunity to be heard.
1: Were you writing a lot
2: through COVID? Yeah, I was. I'm. I've. I've been. I've been juggling a few things. Yeah, I was writing. I was actually preparing a lot because there was the music video that came just before. It was more the marketing side of things before COVID hit. So it was like music video, thank God, that got out the window before we even knew of COVID. But it was it was literally within weeks. (laughs) It was literally within weeks. And, you know, and then the marketing and then getting everything set. So a lot of a lot of that preparation was um, more like the the groundwork for launching the EP. And then I got back into writing again uh, after the EP got out.
1: You you seem, like Sarah said, very connected with your identity as an artist and your sense of who you are in general, is that something that you over the years have struggled to maintain for yourself or does it come pretty naturally for you to be confident about knowing who you are and what you want?
2: I think it comes naturally knowing what I want. I'm like a dog on a bone. I know what I want. And I think the struggle only comes, um, when you're like, when I know what I want, I know what I see, You know, I see who I am, you know, and interestingly enough, that even evolves, that metamorphosis sizes. And it's like the main thing is the struggle comes when you're like, when do I get to really manifest what I'm seeing in my imagination? You just can't you just can't wait.
0: Yeah, (laughs) it makes me curious if you if there's been anything in the last couple of years since you've had this success and you've. You spent so so long really building this on your own blood sweat and tears and now um just very recently you've had all of these amazing things happen one after the other and new people come in champions that you've probably always been wishing for and and wondering where they were and um it makes me curious if you've had any roadblocks or things come up where you're like oh i always knew xyz was going to be hard but i never even thought about this other side of it. I never even considered that this would be something I would have to deal with or have there been any moments like that? I know I've had plenty of them, Victoria and I have spoken, she's had plenty of them.
2: Um, interestingly enough, I, I think a lot of my youth prepared me for what, what you can't predict coming. Like I said, it wasn't, I have to, I feel like I had to pave the way my whole life, you know? So when you're paving the way, um, there's always something in front of you anyways and it's just when you look back where the road is clear.
1: Well and you're talking about manifesting and it's it's interesting seeing it and thinking of it that way. I, I think of it that way too and and you're very much manifesting your own path when there is nobody like you walking ahead of you to model yourself after or to seek help from or even to help you envision what things what what it could be for you. So you have to have a very powerful sense of holding it holding it with intention in your mind and calling it into being so it sounds like that's what you're really good at doing
0: and you're creating the path for the women behind you and really creating that it sounds like what you were talking about earlier is is men have always had a boys club so it's inherent in them to bring other boys into the boys club and create those opportunities but women have struggled for a long time and we've never had that so it's almost sometimes you don't even think to do that because it's never been modeled for you. And it sounds like you're modeling a lot of those different things, not just personally, but creatively and professionally avenues that um, people haven't had. And do you you see any differences? I don't know how much you work in the US and in Nashville, um, how much time you spend here, but are there any differences between the Canadian scene and the US scene? And and how have you um, seen the industry that you work in change in the last couple of years?
2: Oh, I think absolutely. I think that, like, like in the U.S. or in, in Nashville, for for instance, it's it is the culture, like music in songwriting and immersing yourself in, and everything music and developing your your skills in every capacity music wise is the culture. Uh, it's not so much like that for me personally in Canada. I feel a little bit more of a, like a loner <laughs> because there's not that, you know, songwriting community where there's a writer's round every corner you turn, you know, or publisher every corner you turn, or even a label for that matter, you know. So, um, yeah, there's a big difference.
1: Okay, I know you've got limited time for us to chat. So we will move ahead into our rapid fire questions. So I'll start. If you could ask God or the universe or higher power or whatever you want to call it a question, what would it be?
2: Well, Why menstrual cramps? No, I'm just joking.
1: Oh, I would second that one. That is a really good question.
2: Like, like, okay, fine. Like, in all honesty, like, why? I
0: love that. That wins
1: for best question so
0: far. All right. Number two, if you could clone yourself and live a different life, what would the other you want to do and be?
2: If it wasn't for music, then um, I'd probably be in, like, the medical field of some sort. Like a, like a physician helping, um, people in third world, or, um, I've always said like family funeral services, helping people with bereavement.
1: Wow. Going into the tough places in life.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Okay. What is something that people don't know about you?
2: A lot of people don't know that I have a twin.
1: You do? Really?
2: Is uh, she in music at all? We've been in music in the past, like like she's she's doing her own thing, you know. She's more like in fashion and her modeling, but she's she's starting to pick up her, you know, write her write her own songs and do her own thing. Not so much like me, like how I'm doing it right now, but it, it sounds like she has plans too. All yeah.
0: Right. All right. What is your favorite thing about yourself? That I'm compassionate. Last one. What advice would you give the younger you?
2: Oh, geez. I think. Uh, but uh, it would have to be something along the lines of uh not caring what anybody thinks, just don't let people have that control over you.
0: Are there ways that you have have developed over time to get yourself to that place quicker and easier um I'm still working on it aren't we all
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I don't know how that how, if if there's an arrival date for that, but um. I think even with time and even when you get older, I think those things that you like the cares of the world kind of roll off your shoulder a little bit more.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your night with us and sharing your story. Um, It's been great to get to know you a little bit better.
2: Thanks for having me and good chat ladies. To stay up to date on all things,
1: the table on social media, Join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at the handle at women.
0: Our theme song, Stop You, is written and performed by yours truly, Sarah DeFors, co-written by Taylor Foley and Will Macbeth, and produced by Will Macbeth. And as always, we'll include links to any
1: creatives, music, television, etc., referenced in this episode in the episode notes.
0: We'll see you next time on... The table. Do what you want, work what you got, say what you think and don't let him stop you. Stop you, don't, don't let him stop. Stop you, don't let him stop, stop Don't don't let him stop
2: Don't don't let him stop you.